Amen. What a great song. Amen. We're all lifted because he lifted us. We're alive forevermore. You know, we're never going to die. We'll just be translated into heaven with Jesus. And I'm so thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the house of God. Welcome back to the house of God. Amen. I'm so thankful for my home. I'm thankful for my family. Thankful for all that I have enjoyed through the years at home. Thankful for my mom and dad, good Christian people with Jesus today. But I've always, listen, the last 40 years I've had a family, I've had a church home like this. Last 16 years, this has been my home. This is my life. This is what I live for. My, my purpose, uh, by the grace of God, is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to introduce them to him, to teach them the Bible, teach them God's way, God's plan. God has a wonderful plan for you. All you young people, God, you listen, the, the future's bright, never been brighter than it is today for you as, we, as you serve God and live for God. He's in control of all things. He is our Savior. And man, it's just so good to see all of you. And thankful, thankful 16 years ago when we came here to Canada, we stayed at the Dollinger's home. And uh, they had this cat that would, when I would sleep at night, it would bite my feet. And uh, I didn't like putting my feet under the blanket, but I did there. Amen. I had to sleep with my shoes on, and that was a bad, no, I didn't do that. But, and um, I appreciate the Dollingers so much. Of course, you pray for Don. He has Alzheimer's and is in a facility now to help care for him. And uh, just a great, great Christian. I think about David Graves. I see the Graves family back here. David was never at a loss for words. Amen. <laughs> Listen, just think what, where he would be today. If he was alive today, you know, what he'd be talking about. He'd probably have us all sheltered over at his house ready for the rapture. He'd say, the signs of the times are here. Let's just get ready. He'd be like this, you know. But we don't know when Jesus is coming. Amen? We don't know. So we just live like he's coming. You live like he's coming over. The, you know how your house is if somebody shows up. Oh, man, I better put this away, put that away, get this done. You know, we got to be ready when, for Jesus to come because he is coming and uh, what a day that will be. Until then, he meets with us here. We come out from the world. We come from our homes. We come into the house of God. This is God's plan. This is God's plan for man. Today, in this, in this, uh, in this era of life, um, as you divide, we're, we're living in the age of grace. And the grace of God, God's grace is extended. By the way, God's grace is extended to all men from all, world, all parts of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave. Everybody. Talking about the people. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Just think of the price. Everybody in here, your life, the, the, you know, the love people have for you is priceless. And uh, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what a, what a message. And that's the message for this world. That's the message for our society today. God loves everybody the same. Everybody needs to be treated the same. And uh, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners needing to be saved by the grace of God. And we are saved sinners. We're not perfect people. Um, I'm probably the closest thing to perfect you'll ever meet. As you know, but uh, no, no, we're all, we're all, we're all human. And uh, I'm just thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for God's house. Turn, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm, I'm thankful that we've been able to live stream. My cousin Mark lives up in the northern part mid-northern part of California, and uh, he, he's been watching on live stream, and he told me, he said, uh, he said, Richard, you've saved me again. That's the way he put it. You've saved me again, and uh, I think he prayed the sinner's prayer and committed his life to Jesus Christ is what he means, and so just if, uh, and, and he did that, and they've been watching, and now he finds out that he has a tumor maybe around a vein, a blood vein, that could be pretty serious. They're doing tests on it. 
but through the live stream. And, you know, God, the Bible says all things work together for what? For good. So we've had to go live stream. We've had to, and it really has made us, uh, and made people that don't go to church or didn't go to church watch more because everything around them has, has been pulled, the rug's been pulled out uh, from under everybody uh, in every field, um, saved, unsaved. And so um, we are blessed because we have this church, this local church. This is where we worship. This is where we gather. We're gathering here today to worship God, to fellowship with God and find out God, what does God want from us? What's the most important thing for us in our lives? And um, we just always have to be reminded. Let me ask you something. Are there things in California that can distract you from, from, from focusing upon God? Right? You think about it. There's so much to do here. Um, the weather is just so nice most of the time. This is a beautiful day today. It's a little chilly, but it's nice because we know the hot weather's coming. So everything is good. When it rains, we're like, wow, praise God. We got this raining. And uh, we love the rain here. We're, you know, you go to Michigan, they don't love the rain. You go to Grayling, Michigan, where Phil's pastoring, it's called Grayling for a reason. It's just gray, you know. It's, uh, I mean, I'm so glad God called Phil there. He's up there. He's got a sense of humor. And he loves the Bible. He loves people. Man, he can, that town of Grayling was blessed to have God call him there to encourage those people and let them know that God loves them and God cares about them and God has a great plan for them, even from, from Grayling, Michigan. And, uh, uh, but I'm so glad to see you, glad to be back at church. Let me tell you something, God has a great plan for us individually and he has a great pl plan for us corporately as a church body a body of believers moving forward by the grace of God in the power of God uh, to do a, a work. Uh, I told the earlier service, 7,000 people, 7,000 homes are going to be built here in the next 10 years. You figure that's four per family. That's 7,000 times 28,000 people coming in the, right here in this field and right just across under sunset under the bridge there, that whole field there, they're going to be building houses. So the mission field is coming here. People are coming here. They're going to be looking for a new place. A new, they're building a new home. They're buying a new home. They're going to look for a new doctor, a new place to shop. They're going to look for a, a new dentist, many of them. They're going to look for, and they're going to look for a new home, a church. And so we get, to, we get to reach out to them and knock on their door and let them know that Jesus Christ loves them. And so we've got great purpose. We, listen, we've got, we've got in the next 10 years an unbelievable opportunity to reach literally hundreds and thousands of people with the gospel that are relocating, going to a new place. And uh, how exciting it is. I'm looking so forward to it. Well, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul is writing unto Timothy, and it's interesting because, you know, Paul is a humble man. Let's look at chapter 1 and verse 12 first before we get started here. Look at your Bible here. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who enabled me. He enabled me. The neat thing about it is this, anything that God calls you to do, he enables you. He gives you the ability to do it. Enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So Paul says it was all God. God did it. God placed me. By the way, this whole church, this church here is all of God. You being here today is all of God. God saved you. Somewhere along the line, those of you who know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you called upon Jesus. It may have been at home. You may have learned about it at church. You may have learned from your family. But you've called upon the name of Jesus Christ. Paul says, he putting me into the ministry. So he was faithful already. And, 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 and God put him into the ministry. Who was, this, this is what he says here, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, an injurious people. He was a violent person. He arrested people, had them thrown in jail for their love for God. 
but obtain mercy because I did it ignorantly in an unbelief. For the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Oh, let me tell you, God has called us. God has saved us. God has placed us in this church, this local New Testament church, to do a work for him. The Graves family, they're painters. They, they painted this whole building several times. They painted my house. They painted different things. And I just I see their handiwork, the place. I'm thankful for their ability to paint. There's different things that all of you are, can do. You have gifts and abilities. But God brought us all together here to serve him, to focus upon this precious book called the Bible to read the Bible and study it, to know how to be a good dad, how to be a good husband, how to be a good uh, mother, how to be a good wife, how to be a good citizen, um, how, to, how, to, uh, uh, how to be a good friend, how to be a good employer, how to be a good employee. The Bible gives us all of that, it gives us direction. This book is so wonderful. And you have the opportunity to study it and to know it. And Paul writes, listen, this is the faithful saying and worthy of all expectation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So we're sinners saved by the grace of God placed in this, in this, in this community for at this time to do a work for his glory. And so I want to talk to you this morning about some things we've, uh, that are essential to the work of the church. This, some things, and, and Paul writes unto Timothy here in, in chapter 2 and verse 1, he says this, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made known for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we might, that we might uh, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who, will, who um, will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So I want you to notice some essentials for the work of the church. We're here together. God's called us. He saved us. You have the work of your family. Moms and dads, you're raising your children for the glory of God. You're directing them. You're teaching them the Bible. You're living the Bible in front of them. And, uh, and then we come out corporately to the church. This is God's plan. Just like God has given you a home, he's given you a family. He's given you a place that you live, a house that you live in, uh, you know, a, a shelter, and you live there. And uh, that's, where, that's where you get rest from the world. That's where you find peace from the world. That's where you find safety. Your home is a safe place. And, uh, and we're blessed to have a home. But this church is our church home. This is where we come to worship God. We come from different parts, different cities, different neighborhoods, and we come into this house. This is a special house because it's the house of God. So here we are, we're in the house of God, we're a part of the family of God, and this is what Paul writes unto Timothy, I exhort therefore, I exhort therefore. You see, the first thing we see about the essential work of the church is the place of prayer. This is the place of prayer. Paul said, I, I exhort thee, that word con conveys the idea of encouragement and to the, in the tense which, that it's used here, lets us, lets us know it's not a suggestion, it's a command. It's a command. The church is a house of prayer. God commands us to pray. God commands us to look to Him. God commands us to reach out to Him. He is the one. Look at the Bible. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, Call, call unto me. And I, God, will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We look to God. God is in control. God can take care of it. 
God can meet the need. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Uh, James writes, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. You see, we, we, here's our, this is our support group. We, we, you know, we come together. We share our, the, 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 the needs that we have. We pray for one another that, that we may be healed. For the, the Bible says this, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Your prayers matter. The prayers of God's people matter. The prayers of God's people corporately matter. We come together to pray. We come together to focus. We come together. We have a prayer sheet. By the way, we're going to have that prayer sheet available um, next Sunday. As we don't have it on Wednesday nights, we'll have the prayer sheet. Those of you who like to have a prayer sheet, you can pick that up and take it home. Um, they'll be back here in the back, and uh, you can do that. So you can pray. Pray for the people of the church. Pray for the needs of the people. Um, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Uh, now unto him that is able, God is able, to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. I mean, we're facing some times of unrest here. We're facing this pandemic. God is able to see us through. God, and if he sees us through, he'll see this world through. Because we'll lead. We lead. Because God, our God, is in control. And we look to him. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. He exceeds what I think he can do. He exceeds the, th the prayers that I offer him. Abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, we have the, well, the day you got saved, the whole, the, Jesus came into your heart. He indwells you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. you and you have an opportunity to go to God and pray. First thing, listen, he says, I exhort thee that first of all, first of all, you go to, you pray. Matthew 18, 19. Again, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on, on this earth um, as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done. It shall be done Them, uh, of my Father which is in heaven. And so we pray. We come together, we pray. We give prayer requests. We find out what's going on. We have a prayer chain for the church. And this is the house of God. This is the family of God. God put us together. God brought us here. We're all here on a divine call. When I came here 16 years ago, I knew nothing about banning California. Matter of fact, when I saw it online, Don Dollinger called me. I was sitting in my office there in Houghton Lake, Michigan. And um, I'll never forget it. You know why? I was looking outside of my window. There, were, there was a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Burger King. And I could smell those char girl burgers bur cooking on the grill when I'd open my window to get some fresh air. It was delightful, but no more Burger King for me. But that's a whole other story. Forgive me, Jesus, for mentioning that. Because I'm tempting you. Now you're going to go buy a Big Mac, and you'll be unhealthy, and then it's my fault because I tempted you. So nobody go to Burger King today. Go tomorrow, okay? Because then I won't feel guilty. But I can go to Burger King. I can just eat just the meat, no bun. So what's, what, this is the way I think. This, this is my motto now that I'm changing my diet. No bun, no fun. That's what I feel like. What, what's my life? No bun, no fun. You take that and write a little jingle on that, and you'll be a multimillionaire. And it started right here, those of you that have that creative writing mind. All right, back to where was I at when I was talking to before I got under that? Oh, I was praying. I mean, uh, Don Dollinger says, hey, Houghton, banning Michigan? Banning, where are we, Michigan, California? Banning California? And then I looked down there, and it had all stuff about stagecoach. It had people on horses. So I'm picturing myself with cowboy boots on. I said, I'm not a cowboy. I thought if I moved to Banning, California, I'd have to wear a cowboy hat. You know, and uh, I just don't look good in a cowboy hat. Amen? I, the closest thing I look like is Boss Hog. You know, that's a, that's a, and I don't like that. So I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm never going to fit there. I'm not going to wear a cowboy hat. I'm not wearing cowboy boots. 
and I'm just not a cowboy. And the only one time I, I went horseback riding, the horse just took off on me, just I couldn't control it. I was just trying to hold on for dear life. I made it in just by the, you know, God's grace. But I was, I was going down this trail, you know, and I couldn't, get, I couldn't stop. The horse is just running. I don't have any control. And there's a wire, there's a telephone pole with a cable coming down to the pole. My horse hit that. Whoa, boom. We, I stretched back. I kind of flipped almost off of it like this, and I pulled myself back up. And I said, let's go, man. I was like a rodeo guy. I joined the rodeo. I made thousands of dollars. No, I didn't do it. But um, why am I telling that rodeo story? Can you guys think of that? Mark Angelo, you know why I'm telling that story? No, I don't know either. So, But God called me here. I didn't think I was going to fit here. I didn't think, but you know what? He called me here, and he's called you here. You all got here different ways. Some of you moved out from different parts of this area. Some of you moved in from out of state. But you're here in this community. You're in this church. And we're on a divine mission from God. A divine mission. And so we, but the mission is this church. We have an avenue to God. We can pray to God. What sets apart what, uh, the, uh, the church and the school is we go to God. You know God. You know God. Lucy's, uh, she works with 911. If you call in 911, she trains people to answer that phone call. and get There's an emergency, and somebody's got to be able to talk you through it and help you. You know, because that's, oh, I got an emergency. Somebody's breaking into my house or something's happened. There's been an accident or whatever. It's, it's a tough thing. But you know what? All of us can go right to God. We can go to God with, with our needs. And so the Bible commands us to go to him. John chapter 14. On our screens here, 13... Uh, verse uh, 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, you know, you pray in the name of Jesus Christ. God answers the prayer. And God, and, and God is glorified. Because, see, you're depending upon God. You're not depending upon yourself. You're depending upon God to get that done. And when God answers the prayer, and you, you, know, you just thank Him, and God is glorified. And so prayer is about glorifying God. Verse 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, that will I do. I'll do it. And so we go to God in Jesus' name. That's what you can do. That's what sets this place apart. That's what makes the church essential. The corporate prayers of God's people. Praying, praying for the, Dwayne talked about God's praying. Dwayne had that back surgery, that neck surgery. Well, he had, he had fluid. He sent me a picture of the scar. The scar's about that long, goes along his spine. And a, Teresa texted me, it was the middle of the night, and said, uh, Dwayne's in excruciating pain. They have to go back in and correct something. So they have to recut that thing open. And go into his, you're talking about the spinal cord. You understand? And so, he, he, you know, we pray. This is what Dwayne says. The church prayed for me. That's how I made it through that. The doctor came in to see him the next day after he went back in. And he said, can you, can you feel this? He wanted to feel his hands. I wanted to feel his feet. Can you feel me touching your feet? He thought he may have been paralyzed for life. Would never have feeling again in his legs. Would never walk again. The doctor came in to see him. When Dwayne checked out of the hospital there with the coronavirus, very, the doctors are limited in their access to different areas. The doctor came in to see Dwayne, and he just told him, man, he said, this, I was, he's, the doctor said, I was really worried about having to go back in. This was so sensitive. And he said, I'm so happy that you're okay. I'm so happy you'll be able to walk again. And uh, of course, Dwayne, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne's looking at him. He's like, Doc, you know, do you know Jesus? You know, <laughs> he says, I'm walking, but how are you walking? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, 
And he witnessed, Dwayne led five people to Christ while he was in the hospital. And uh, so he was like this evangelist. He counseled people. This one nurse was having marital troubles, and Dwayne counseled her. She came in. They were just, they'd come in to see Dwayne. You know, go down and see him. He'll help you. You know, he's, he's the Christian guy on the. But man, he went through a lot. But I'm telling you, your prayers, praying for him, calling upon the God of heaven that can do it. And this is the power. The, listen, church, the power that is just in our hearts and in our hands, this book and the power of prayer, people. Matthew 21, 22, again, um, when we think about the resource of prayer, in all things whatsoever you ask, believing you shall receive. And so we, we go to God. We go to God. That's our resource. And the scripture says here, I exhort thee, I command thee. And then it says, first of all. First of all. Do you know the thing you do first is very important? First of all. Um, this is what you do. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. And then... Um, I see a, a quote from Billy Graham. Billy Graham said this, the, the three secrets to successful ministry are this. You get it now? There's three secrets. to This is Billy Graham saying this. Three secrets to, to a successful ministry. Prayer, prayer, and more prayer. You see, it's God that does the work. It's God that gets it done. I'm thankful for all of us. I think, you know, I mean, when I was born, February 27th, 1957, the world became a better place. All right? Little Richie's here. Little Richie's no longer little. Okay? But I'm here. Right? But um, I saw somebody at Walmart yesterday, you know, one of our school parents. You know, and, and I've, I've been on a diet now because, you know, I, had, I told you I'm, I'm type 2 diabetic now. So you can't have me over and have sweets. I have to eat right. No more candy, no more cookies, no more McDonald's. No, My life's over. I'm written, I've written in my will. <laughs> I'm getting my will done. Leaving all my chocolate to this person, that person. All my gift cards to McDonald's go to this person. You know. So no more McDonald's gift cards. No more gift cards. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm stuck. But uh, no, there, there's plenty of good food to eat. Um, now, what was I talking about when I was... I'm losing my train of thought. No, I'm just trying to get you back. Those masks are putting you to sleep, and I can't tell you. But God, God is in control. We, we serve Him, we look to Him, and we follow Him. First of all, first of all. Then He tells us, He gives some instructions here. It says supplications. Supplication is when we pray and focus on the needs of people, special needs of people. Um, somebody may need a job. We pray for that they'll get a job. The Lord, help them to get a job. Some people may be sick with cancer and, and this different treatments. We pray specifically for those needs. Those are supplications. We're praying for people. We're praying for others. And uh, that, listen, man, when something happens to us, you're all praying. Something happens to you, you get, you get it in the prayer sheet, you get the, the whole church is praying for you. Going to God, the great physician, the one can meet, that can meet every need. He can meet your need. And so we all, God, would you just touch them? God, would you see them through? God, would you help them? Oh, God, bless them and help them through this. We supplicate. We go to the throne of grace, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. When we think about supplication, we think about uh, uh, the, the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace. I mean, just come. Listen, God's commanded us. He's opened the door for prayer. Come boldly. Lord, please help this person. Lord, please guide this person. Lord, please, this has been an accident. Help give wisdom to those that are taking care of them. God, help them that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
grace in the time of need. Listen, you have the grace that gives you salvation. By the grace of God, I'm saved. Then I have the grace of God that gives me power. You know, only by God's grace. When I think about, when I think about uh, the grief of somebody, only by God's grace, Yolanda's sitting here in church today. She has a wonderful husband. He has Alzheimer's. And uh, for five years now, he hasn't really known you, right? She's been with her husband, and for the last five years, he doesn't know who she is. That's hard. That's the love of your life. But the grace of God, she's here this morning in church. She's at church. See, we've been praying for Yolanda, that God just help him. Be with Don. Don is a, is, is a wonderful man, a wonderful man. And uh, I'm so thankful for him. But we pray for her. We had Nancy Horton in the first service. She's been battling cancer. We pray for the grace of God. Strengthen her. Give her give him strength from the heart. See, so much of fighting physical battles is grace from the heart, strength from the heart. Courage. Fight. When you're sick, you've got to fight. When you have tough things happen, you've got to determine, I'm not giving up. We don't give up. When God's ready, to, we, we don't give up. Whatever is facing you in this life, don't give up. A job difficulty, don't give up. Don't give up. God's grace, listen to me, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for you in the time of your need. And He'll see you through. No matter what you're facing, He will help you. And so we supplicate, supplication, and then prayers. This word calls to mind that those, those times that are set aside when you fellowship with God, when you're not distracted, you need a time when it's just you and God. I'm thankful you can pray going down the road, hey, God bless you, something comes to your mind, Lord bless this family, supplicate for that family. But you need a time alone. You need a time alone with God. You need some time to focus on Him. And spend it with him. Because he loves you. I think that's what I miss the most about having a wife. I have a, I have a busy life. I have a life that's busy. I have a fam large family. Ten grandkids. Well, one on the way. And the tenth one's over here. Being born in August. And family and friends and church and people. And, you know. But, when you, you know, the time you spend with your wife and your, your husband... It's special. You got some time at night. It's special. It's just you and them. At the end of the day, when you talk about the day, and the blessings of the day, and all the goodness of the day, and all the graces, you know, just together. It's a togetherness. And it's the same thing with God. If you get so busy and you have no time for you and God, you see, God wants to hear those words. God wants to hear you say, man, God, I have a good day. Man, I God, I just I just enjoyed spending time with the family today. Man, I enjoyed being at church. Thank you, God, for thank you that we could go to church again. You understand? God wants that intimate time just like you have with your husband or wife. You're busy, you have jobs, you have children, some of you. Your life is so busy, but those moments that you have together as a husband and wife are very special. And God wants you in prayer to have time like that with Him. Teenagers, you're busy. You got, you got the iPad, you got the notepad, uh, you know, you got the knee pads for your rollerblading. You know, you just pad, you got the, the padded room when you go crazy, parents go crazy. You got the padded room, you know, everybody's got pads. But don't leave out God. Spend time, He loves you. And you're making great friends and you're spending time together. You're doing some wonderful things. But there's nothing like knowing God and spending time with Him. And being able to, that's why these things, when we have special things, we're not going to have camp this summer per se. But if you can get away to camp, camp kind of pulls you away, gets you out of your element, gets you away from your computer, your iPad, your iPhone, and just to spend some special time with God. It's like a vacation. You know, all of you love going on vacation, right? We used to go from Michigan to Florida. And when I saw that first palm tree, this is the honest truth, going from Michigan where it's cold, dark. Listen, it never, the sun never shines in Michigan. 
And when the sun shines, the mosquitoes come out, and you've got to go in the house. So what are you going to do? But it's a pretty place, so I don't want to move back there, but it's a pretty place. I love California for the weather. But we used to draw, I'd get out and hug that palm tree. Now I got palm trees. I, I come out, I got palm, I'd go out there and hug that palm tree out front there. I remember my, my, my nephew Josh, I saw him in Nashville this week, when, last weekend I was there. And uh, Josh actually came here with us because Josh was, he was Christian, but he was just hanging around with the wrong people. And so my brother said, hey, would you, would you get Josh to come live with you in California? He's running with the wrong crowd. I said, sure. He lived with us a year in our house. We lived over here on Palm Drive. And he helped start the bus ministry. And he just, Josh has a, he, he, he told me, he said he planted those two trees out there, him and Dwayne. Those palm trees, they're just real small. They planted them. Look how big they are now, 16 years later. I told him one Sunday, I come into church, and I'm, I was looking everywhere for my dress shoes. I have a black pair and a brown pair. I don't know. I was looking for the brown ones or the black. I couldn't remember. I come up here. I get ready to preach, and Josh is sitting down here. He's got my shoes on. I've been looking for them all morning. I'm running around. Well, how, how could I lose my dress shoes? He's wearing them. I said, Josh, I told him right in front of the congregation. Don't wear my shoes. You know, you're wearing my shoes, man. It's bad enough that you get the socks out of my drawer, but now you're wearing my shoes. Don't touch my shoes. I told him that last week at his church. But, uh, man, he came back here. He planted that tree, and, but he lived with us, was around our family, around you, the church people then. God changed his life. We're just trying to help people. You understand? And you, this is, that's the ministry. Listen, you're essential because you are the avenue to God. God's chosen you, us, to pray, to, inter, uh, to supplicate, to pray, and then intercession. This, this speaks of praying for those that need Jesus. How many of you know somebody that needs Jesus? I know somebody that needs Jesus. We all do. So we pray for them. We pray for them. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, intercede, praying for others. 1 Timothy 2, 5, again, Jesus prays for us, for there is one God, one mediator between God and man, and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's the mediator. He prays for you. But you know what? You're the mediator. You pray for others. You mediate. You, you go to God. You know somebody that's unsaved and a family member? I told you my cousin Mark came to, came to he told me, he said, Richard, I got saved again. He hadn't been going to church. He's a good guy. But he hadn't been going to church. So he prayed the sinner's prayer. I used to lead people on the, uh, you know, when we're doing live stream. Committed his life to Jesus. And uh, he wa he's probably watching right now from Northern California. I'm so thankful. You know what? If that one person, my cousin, was the only one that got saved because we had to stop going to church and have do it on live stream. And he, he had, you know, look, looked for me and, as a pastor of a church here in California. And God saved his soul. I'll guarantee you, he's got Christian family. They've been praying for him. You need to mediate. You need to intercede. You need to pray for people. Hebrews 7.25. Again, when we think about the essential part of the church and prayer. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. And so we have a God. We have a heavenly Father. We have Jesus who's seated at the right hand. We come boldly before the throne of grace and bring our request. We intercede. We mediate for others. This church is important. You're important as we do this work together. And then we see the giving of thanks. So he says, listen, I exhort you, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for, what does it say there, church? How many men? All men. 
all men. We pray for all men. Everybody. And so we look to God and we pray for people. I see all this unrest. I'm sorry about that man, George Floyd's family. You know, he was killed. He shouldn't have been killed. I'm sorry for that, that he, he died. I pray for his family. I pray for the community there. Then all the unrest now in the, in the country and all the, all the difficulties that people are facing and people that, listen, people that want to do evil things are doing them. People that want to peacefully protest something, they're protesting. People that want to loot, steal, and destroy stuff and kill innocent people are doing that now. So don't tell me that the evil for we don't. The Bible doesn't tells us not to give evil for evil. He says you overcome evil with good. That's how you stop it. And so we pray. We look to God, and we pray for all men. Pray for justice. Pray for protection now for our policemen. Ninety-nine percent of the policemen in this country are good policemen. There's one percent. There, listen, there's one, there's one percent in every group. There's evil, listen, there are evil people in this world. And so, and, you know, in the corporate place, there's one person that's going to steal money from the corporation. They're going to do things wrong. So we pray for those that do it right, but because one person does it wrong, every, it puts a cloud over everybody. And so we have a cloud over this country. But you see, we're lights. You're a light. You are essential. And so let's be the light. We're to pray for all men. We're to help all men. We're to look to God. The Bible says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. We want to bring America back. We just need to be right. We need to be right. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So we live righteously. We do right. We follow God. The Bible says, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Love. Love the brotherhood. That's what the Bible says. Fear God. Honor the king. And so we see the place of prayer. But not only is the church the place of prayer, it's a place of peace. I told our staff and different people we've been Zooming with, nobody, listen, you have such peace in your heart, you don't even get it. Because you got it. During this pandemic, you don't worry like a lost person worries. At the end, if you worry about getting the pandemic, getting the coronavirus, you know at the end of that, if you die, you'll be in heaven. So yeah, we don't want to get it, we fear it, but we don't fear it like a lost person. You have the peace of God. You know all these verses that I've shared. I'm just reminding you. You have a peace that passeth all their understanding. And so, thank God for it. This is a place of peace. There's peace in this room. There's peace in our hearts. There's peace in knowing that God is in control and God is watching over us. And Jesus is my Savior and I'm sealed with the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. I got it. I've got it all because I've got peace in my heart. Not only do I have peace, I have contentment. The Hollywood crowd, they, have, they just want to get more and more and more and more. They're never happy. They're never content. They don't have the peace that you have and the peace that I have. It says for kings, pray for kings. And for all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You know what we're doing here? We're living a quiet and peaceable life. My heart's not unrested right now. You understand? I have a quiet, peaceable life. That's my life. That's your life in Jesus. And so we're here, we're experiencing this pandemic, we're experiencing the coronavirus. We see all the unrest in this country and in the world. 
But the bottom line is we have peace. We have peace. We have joy. You have it in your home, and you have it in your church home. So we have a home that we go, we're going to leave here and go home to. There's peace there because you're there. You're taking care of your family. You have safety there. By the way, you have safety there because there are policemen out there willing to give their life for you. They're willing to die for you. So you and I have peace. We're in this church right now. We have peace. If we called 911, there'd be police cars out here faster, and they'd come here. And they're here to protect you. So nobody hurts you or harms you. We're blessed. We have peace. Because God's watching over us. And so, not only that, but we have a peaceful life, but we have powerful, we have a life full of power. God gives us power. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. You know what? Salt, you put, I, I'm eating a lot of vegetables now, cucumbers, but tomatoes, zucchini. If I have another grandson, we're naming him zucchini. Hello, this is zucchini. Hello, zucchini. And um, my cousin, my nephew, um, uh, Greg named his kids after different singing groups. Like this, his boy, his new boy is named Errol. And, uh, and uh, so it's cute. You remember their names, though. They're named after rock groups is what they're named after. Good thing I can remember because I can't remember what their names are now. <laughs> yeah. um, Led, one of, Led Zeppelin. One of, it's, it's, so it was just it was cute. It was funny. Um, it was good to see him and meet his his wife's name's Lucy, another Lucy. I met another Lucy. But um, a peaceable life, a powerful life. It's blessing because we're salt. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith it will be salted, it is thenceforth good for nothing, but is cast down and trodden underfoot. Ye are the light of the world. You're the light. Wherever you go. See here, this, this room's just lit up because we're all together. Then you leave, we leave here and we're lights wherever we go shopping, wherever we, you know, just, you see, so I, was at, I was at the grocery store. No, at Albertsons, I was in line up at this place up there and a lady was complaining about the rude man at the meat counter and she was supposed to get some chicken. She's telling the manager which I knew Mina, the manager, I'd led her to Christ like five, six years ago, and she's there, and she's talking to Mina, and she says, I'm never shopping here again. I'm not getting any of that chicken. You know, the guy was mean to me there, and so on. So I walked up. I just walked up and interrupted. I said, listen, I put my arm around her. I said, listen, I've had that chicken. It's good chicken. You need to just, you know, everybody's having a tough time right now. Everybody's grumpy. You're, you're grumpy right now. And I, and, I, and I said, you know what? But just go get the chicken. Mina, go get her the chicken. And so Mina takes her and just goes, get the, Mina comes back. Thank you for helping. You know what? The, number one, the chicken's good. I'm not letting that guy. We have Albertson's chicken for all of our funeral luncheons, all of our special days here. I mean, I've eaten a lot of chicken from there. In fact, I got feathers on my back from them. You know, you know but things are tough. But you know what? We have peace. And we're the light. A city that is on a hill that cannot be hid. So let's just be the light. You need to see the light. Well, they need to see it in you. Pray for them. Intercede for them. Supplicate for them. Love them. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. If you light a candle in your house, you don't put something over it. You let it shine. So let's not let the pandemic put out our light. Let's not all the unrest and all the difficulties of this country put out. We want to pray for that, but let's don't put out our light. Let's just keep shining. Amen? Let's just keep shining because I got to tell you, we're blessed. And we're going to just lead people. 
The Bible's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the light's in me. So I'm, my feet are lit up, my heart's lit up. Just follow me. Hey, Dad, tell the kids, just follow me. I'm not going to lead. The Bible following God. Let's just follow God. Let's live for Him. And all God's people said, Amen. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for the strength you give to us. Thank you, God, that we could come to church today. And Lord, I pray you'll bless now this time of invitation. Thank you, Lord, for, for all that you've done. And God, you're working in hearts. I pray you'll touch hearts now. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wonder if there's one here that says, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven, but I'd like to have that peace. I'd like to be the salt. I'd like to be the light. I'd like to light up my neighborhood, my family. I want Jesus in my heart. If that's you, and if, that's, if you're watching by live stream, I ask you just to pray this simple prayer in your heart and mean it with all your soul. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'd be lost without you. I'm asking you now to come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins and give me a home in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That was a simple prayer. It wasn't simple for Jesus. He, he left home as heaven, came to this earth, lived on our earth that he created. Lived a perfect life in Nazareth. L listen, living in Nazareth was worse than Banning. It was a no place. Banning's growing bigger. You gotta... Nazareth? That's why they said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It's a small town, 300 people. Three or four or five hundred people. But he lived there in his ministry. He did it for you and for me. So let's just do it. Amen? Let's be a light for Jesus. Would you stand with me?